What's up, everybody? Welcome to Unpack the Pursuit. This episode was recorded mid-September. It is now early November, so we're a little bit delayed, but nonetheless, this episode rocks, and it's super important. There are a couple references that are outdated, as you will see, but I think you'll enjoy it. I I love talking to dolls. It makes me happy, so hope you enjoy this as much as I did. Welcome to Unpack the Pursuit, a podcast where we have real talk about change. Unpack the Pursuit is dedicated to helping us think differently about change and how we get to the places we so desperately want to go. Get ready for empowering tips and tools, lots of storytelling, and inspiring interviews. We are your hosts, Natalie and Molly. Let's unpack this. Welcome to Quality Time. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Malls. Hey, Nat. How are you? I am good. How are you doing? I'm good. Sad, though. Ruth yeah. Bader Ginsburg has, has died. Gosh, you know, a few years ago when I was actually dating Corey, we had gone home to visit my family and we stayed at my grandparents one night and the four of us actually watched her documentary together. And it was, mm. I remember it was so late. It, it was so late at night. They like stay up so late. And I just remember watching that. And I was like, just, it was so inspiring. And I didn't know that like too much about her. And I remember, I think the opening was her like at the gym, like lifting weights with the trainer yes. and just watching awesome. how like, and strong and I don't know that that documentary I was I was mm-hmm. just I don't know it was very inspiring. You know what's funny you say that because I hate that this is true about myself but sometimes it's true and you just have to accept it but sometimes I don't know a lot about the legends until they die. I think that's true for a lot of people but I think like yeah. Yeah, like I didn't know too much either. I especially some of like the specific historical kind of wins that she she had. So what I did know about her though, I knew she was a Supreme Court justice and I knew that she worked out a lot. And <laughs> <laughs> knew that she was like this feisty old like I remember hearing something about how she like wouldn't skip a day in the gym. And she did 20 push-ups or at like one point could outlift two other of the justices on the Supreme Court. I don't know. Like I just that's what I knew about her. I knew she was yeah, just- a justice and that she worked out. But <sighs> since you know, since the news, I've done a lot of, a lot more reading and I've watched some videos. I watched the movie On the Basis of Sex with my roommate, Savannah, and definitely have a much greater appreciation for what she really did for mm-hmm. not just women, like women for sure, but gender equality in general and sort of the strategic way she went about it and her understanding of how law really does dictate a lot of how we live our lives. And what it takes to change those laws is very, very difficult to do. You sort of have to have this futuristic awareness. Like you need to be beyond your time. And that's, that's how she was. She was beyond her time and had these, you know, a different perception of how the world could look. Yes. And she didn't just dream about it. She really did something about it. She did something about it. And scary actionable steps. It's like, I don't know, even watching like AWC right now, like just these two, there's just these women that are able to just stick up in this like really big way. I mean, I just think how scary it is, and we're going to go into it, how scary it is when, you know, someone says something like discriminatory about a girl in front of you, how scary it is to say something Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. them. We shouldn't be scared to basically 
stand up for ourselves and for other people. But for some reason, it's that judgment of someone getting mad at us that makes us really nervous about doing that and what their vision of us is after. And it's just really incredible to see women like that that are just like, fuck you. Here I am out front and center. I will fight you on X, Y, and Z. I am right. I've done the research. I'm knowledgeable. And it's just, it's inspiring. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I agreed. Obviously that part of her life being a lawyer and taking on the cases that she took on early on to get us to where we're at now in terms of gender equality is like a huge part of her life. But there are also so many other interesting things about her life that I've learned over the last couple of days that make her that you know, beyond her time, even her partnership with her husband, if you, you know, they do a good job on the basis of sex, kind of showcasing what that relationship was like. And of course it's a, it's a movie, it's not a documentary, so it's not fully, fully truth. But if you look through some of the writing about her partnership with him, I think his name is Martin, Martin Ginsburg, and they just had an equal partnership, which is still a hard thing to come by today. So for them to have that perspective the both of them back then, I think is not the reason she did what she did, but I can only imagine she felt free. Supported. Supported, free. She felt empowered by her husband and her partner, you know, whether it's a husband, whether it's a wife, whether it's whatever you want to call it. And I love, I love that too. And it, it is, she really does have an amazing story. So there's so much out there obviously right now, given the news, but On the Basis of Sex is the movie that I watched. Matt, you watched a documentary. I think she Mm -hmm. has like seven. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah. She has like seven movies about her, which is crazy to think about someone who was alive and already had seven movies made about them. She'll probably have like 12, a dozen more. Babe, now. Now, yeah. Yeah. I mean, her life really is just this very symbolic thing. So I was thinking that for today's tea time, we could reflect on a moment in time where we just were aware of being a woman in this world. So I was trying to tell this story to Natalie before we hopped on here. (laughs) I still don't know if I like will be able to articulate it really well. And I think that's okay. I think actually just letting it kind of flow out how it flowed out, there's value in that too. Because I think this is a story that is difficult for me to tell because it's not something, I mean, I think it's something I fully processed, but it's also something that just bums me out that it's, True. Yeah. That it's a thing and that I like don't really know how to tell it well. I can even feel my insecurities, you know, my hesitations come up and when I'm trying to articulate it a certain way. So we'll see how it comes out. But I think when I was reflecting on Ruth's life and just the privileges that I've had as a woman and still like how far we still have to go, this is a moment in time that came that came to mind. And so I recently moved to Nashville, like within the last year and a half. And my first job here was with a really small startup. And when I originally got the, like before I got the job, I was obviously in the interview process. And part of the interview process was this new type of screening where you actually don't interview with a real person. You have interview questions and you record yourself on video. I don't know if you've ever done that, Natalie, but that was the first time for me having this sort of screening process. And I actually thought it was pretty cool. I was like, this is kind of interesting. And so I ultimately got the job and I had the job for six months before moving on to a new opportunity. And so I had this sort of exit interview planned with the CEO of the company. 
you asked me for my feedback on my experience at the company and everything was, was fine until that last second before I left and we like parted ways. And I want to start with what I think he was trying to say, because I think that's important. I don't think he was intentionally trying to make me uncomfortable. I think what he was trying to say was, hey, you did a really good job. And I'm really impressed by the work you did. I think you have a lot of potential and I'm excited to see where you go after this. I think that's what he was trying to say. What he actually said was more along the lines of, as a young, fairly attractive woman, I'm surprised that you were able to do the caliber of work that you did for us. Now, he didn't say it in those words, but that is how he made me feel. And what he did was reference those video interviews that I initially did for the company. He talked about how the two hiring managers, who were both men at the time, had the job of going through the video interviews and kind of picking the, the top three candidates. And I was part of the top three. And he was telling me about this experience of getting the top three candidates from the two hiring managers. And when he saw mine, taking a moment to consider if I was just in the top three because basically the two hiring managers thought I was attractive. And then he took it a step further and he was like, to make sure that I didn't lean into those biases, I closed my eyes when listening to your video. And I was like, okay. In my head, I was like, please stop talking. Please stop talking. This is not what you're trying to say. Please stop talking. I knew the direction he was going and I was already starting to feel uncomfortable. I was honestly, I felt more uncomfortable for him. So uncomfortable. Yeah. And I was like, you know, it's just so weird. And so he keeps going and I think almost he probably felt uncomfortable. And so then he almost was running so fast that he couldn't slow down. He's like, so I shut my eyes and I decided that, yeah, you were a top candidate. You answered the questions really well. And so that's when I, th- I thought that was going to be the end of it. And I was like, okay, that wasn't super painful, but that was awkward. But then he went a step further and he was like, and then you started and I wasn't really sure if you were going to really, you know, it's one thing to interview well, and it's another thing to actually be a good employee, but you were so great job and congratulations and you're going to do great. And I was like, bro, what the fuck? Like you just, you didn't need to say all that. And even if it's true, even if you did close your eyes so that you weren't biased when looking at my video, even if you didn't, if you didn't expect much from me and you really were like, she's just a pretty girl. She's young. She's just pretty. And we're giving her a shot. Even if all of that is true, which it clearly was, he sort of like threw himself under the bus there. You don't need to tell me that. We're beyond that now. I already know when I walk in a room that I'm put in a box. I already know. So yeah, that is, that's definitely the moment that like sticks out the most that's happened relatively recently in my life. I think that's what a lot of us are up against as women. We do have to work twice Mm -hmm. as hard to prove ourselves, especially in the workplace. And so it's still, it's still so crazy to me. I just, it, it's still so crazy to me that we just have to work that hard. We're just all equal. It's just crazy. I know. And like, that would never be said if it was a male. If you oh were gosh, male, never. like you would have never, that conversation wouldn't have been brought up at all. So it's like, just, imagine, a, imagine a woman leader in a leadership that. position saying that to a, a young male and being like, because the hiring managers were women saying that he had to shut his eyes and listen. And, you know, I really respect the CEO and I don't really hold this one particular moment against Mm -hmm. him, but I'm just like, check yourself. If those words are coming out of my mouth, I would have been like, 
dying of embarrassment. Why am I saying this? In my head, the way I revisualize the moment is I go, oh, 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 no, no, stop, stop, stop talking. Actually, just stop where you are and we can drop it here. Like we don't even have to, we we don't have up. I wish I had just like made it funny and been like, oh gosh, you know, you are so close to making this experience not about my gender. (laughs) And then right at the last second, you just had to sneak it in there. Oh, you know, but, um, anyway, so that's mine. Not how about you? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things that people know about. It's like when I was buying my truck a few months ago. It's the stares I was getting from the sales guys. It was like, and I knew the questions to ask because I researched stuff and I called my dad who's bought a lot of cars and I called coworkers to make sure like I came in knowing my stuff and I could tell when they were surprised when I asked them certain questions. It's just little stuff like that that I don't think people are aware of like how it feels to feel that way. When I was walking into those places, I felt like I had to put on such a bigger set of shoes and walk a little bit taller than I would normally do just to show them that I'm confident, just to show them you're not about, it's just stuff like that. One thing I can remember, and God, I was trying to rack my brain about this with Molly earlier. I was like, I know there's definitely been a lot, but it is so normalized. This was a a few years ago, kind of like maybe when I, right when I graduated college and I was visiting my friend up at her lake house. We got invited on, she worked at this restaurant. So she knew a lot of people and one of the, one of them had a boat and they were like, Oh, do you guys want to come on the boat? And it was like, hell yeah. So we were out on this boat with a few people and she wanted to go jet skiing. And she was like, do you want to go? And <laughs> Last time I went jet skiing was with Molly actually. And I ran right over seaweed and like we had, to, we, I stalled it out and we had to like chug back super slowly. So I was like, you guys go, like, I'm just going to stay here, like, have my drink, like, I'm going to ruin the experience. You go have fun. And no, saying this out loud now, it's super embarrassing. And I don't know if any of you, if you felt weird telling your story, I just, and I don't know why I feel embarrassed Mm -hmm. telling it because it's not my, this wasn't my fault. It's just, I guess, being in a situation like makes you feel really low about yourself. Mm -hmm. So I stayed back on the boat and there were two guys on the boat and I have a tattoo on my butt. I'm not afraid to like show it. Like there's no side of me that hides it. No. So I'm on the boat and I'm with these two guys and we're talking and it's fine. Like I felt okay. And one of the guys goes, Hey, why don't you, you should flash us or something along the lines of me taking my bathing suit top off. And I was like, definitely not. What? No. He's like, why not? You like, why? And it was like, because no, like I don't, why? I'm like, why don't you drop your pants right now? Do you want to do that? And he was like, oh, I just thought that you were that type of girl because you have a tattoo on your butt. I cannot believe I'm stuck out on a boat and I have no way to get back to shore right now. Where is my friend? Like, I want to get out of this boat with these two people. And I just feel like it just was so, I felt so uncomfortable and like violated. And I just wanted to like hide my body. Yeah. And I also felt stuck in the situation. So I couldn't be mean or like bitchy because I was stuck on that boat mm-hmm. and probably for the rest of my rest of the day. Cause I also didn't want to tell my friend and like ruin the day. And you're like, outnumbered. You and I'm outnumbered. Yeah. And it just felt really, it just felt gross. Like I just felt gross and I had no reason to feel that way. It's just, right. it just felt shitty. Yeah. I just felt gross about myself and I have no reason to feel gross about my body at all. No, no. And it's, it's just, 
it's interesting how men, the men in that, that situation were able to make it your fault. Make yeah. They, make their, their whatever stupid fantasies sexualized selves is now your problem because of yeah. how, how they're perceiving you. Like it just, I mean, there's so much wrong with that whole scenario. <laughs> and, but yeah, and that, and it's not fair. It's not fair no. that then all have to carry the weight of the awkwardness and the like shame and the the guilt that comes with that kind of interaction that now you're stuck in it oh it you know. was a lot of shame yeah I felt shame towards like something that I had no reason to feel shameful towards so it was no really not a fun experience Ugh. Ugh. oh I know that these situations <laughs> are so ugh. like oh it's just well <laughs> And they write, and I think I work a lot inside trauma. When you go through stuff like that, and you go like this, it puts that experience mm-hmm. in your body, and for you to always remember it when you aren't mm-hmm. able to release it, and it's, it's just not good, and it just needs to stop. I know, I know. Thank you for sharing that, Natalie. Yeah, yeah. I was so embarrassed to share that for some. It's because I still feel shame about it. It's still like exactly. You know, it's still. Exactly. That's how it's set up, though, to make us feel that way, you know? I don't love talking about politics a lot, but I'm sure a lot of women felt this way when Trump got elected. Like, it's Mm -hmm. it's really scary when somebody who's making a strong path for women goes down and someone else who's not is rising up. Yeah. It's really scary. Yeah. And on that point, I want to, you know, make make the call out that obviously there is a lot of nervousness and nerves around the fact that RBG just died because that does leave a Supreme Court justice seat open. I don't know what's going to happen. And I would say to the best of your ability, think positively and try not to think too much about what if, because we just don't know. And really use this time to just celebrate her life and her wins and everything she did by reading reading about her, watching some of her documentaries, watching that movie. That's why this episode is much more framed around what she was able to do for gender equality and not so much the anxiety that comes from knowing that there is now a seat open that Trump could potentially fill. True, like I get the anxiety, I have it too, but I do think it's important for us to stay positive as always, to really like celebrate her and her accomplishments and just everything that. Yeah did for us. So, and also if you are ever in situations where there is gender equality, whether it's against a woman or a man, don't be afraid to stick up and say something. I've learned a lot from that experience and I'm not afraid to say something now when I'm with people because who cares about the judgment from the other side? Because if someone's saying that about somebody and if you would never, why would you even want to be associated with that person anyways? Like that person clearly doesn't hold the values that you hold. And so you saying something to them and then maybe getting mad at you, you have better people in your life anyways. And it's, 100%. so don't be afraid, even though I, un- we, we understand that it is very scary in all aspects to do that. I love you now. Multi time. <laughs> Love you. Holly time, guys. <laughs> Great therapy session on a Sunday afternoon. Y'all, if you have an experience sort of like Natalie, I love our which experiences we decided to bring to the table because they're so different. Mine obviously is more career oriented. Natalie's is just in everyday life, dude. We we go through this all the time. So if you have a story that is similar to in nature that you want to get off your chest, dude, DM us. We'd love to hear from you and just mm-hmm 
share that with you because we know what it's like. Reach out to us, obviously. If you liked what you heard today, we'd really appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts. It helps us out a ton. If you'd like to be a guest on Unpack the Pursuit or if you have a topic you'd like us to cover either in quality time or in an interview style podcast, which we normally do, reach out to us. We love hearing from you. You can find us on Instagram always at Unpack the Pursuit or email us at unpackthepursuit at gmail.com. We'd love to hear you. Bye. Bye.